California, born and raised, the California grizzly, California palm trees, we got palm trees in California, these palm trees aren't even from California, California, Southern California, I was born under the California aqueduct, under the water like a California octopus baptizing water from the Colorado aquifer and percolated Sacramento's delta in my coffee mug. Los Angeles, where the traffic is. There's no space, but everything is vacuous. The stolen river delivered to the populace. The prophet Mulholland's gift upon the metropolis. Orange County, minus the oranges, we hate everything and everyone and pave over the orchards. The Inland Empire is like an empire shining like the last days of the Roman Empire. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. While you were repping Cali, I was up in Mendocino County recounting the massacre of Round Valley. Is that the Cali flag? Take that off, better off repping swastikas and Confederate monuments with Orange County founded by Confederate officers. I saw you down at Wiener Schnitzel copping them sausages. The birthplace of Ronald McDonald, Ronald Reagan, John Wayne, Nixon, and Arnold rose up to Hollywood stardom. The tarnished red carpet, the carnage of Ladies catharsis. and gentlemen, introducing a man whose bare feet were in contact with the floor of a public urinal on more than one occasion, and he lived to tell the tale. It's Joe Robinson. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you, welcome to another edition of Barefoot and Bearded. California, California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. It's like Hollywood, it's like TV, we need SVU and SUVs. My zip code to murder scene, the Bear Flag Rebellion was a murder spree, California adventure went from shooting. Looking at our website calendar on Friday, June 8th through Saturday, June 9th at El Centro Cultural de Mexico in Santa Ana, there will be a launching of a new radio station, 104.7, and there will be lots of activities tied to this event. Uh, so come show your support and check out the Facebook page for all the rest of the details, all linked on our website calendar. On Saturday the 9th through Sunday the 10th, off of Angeles Crest Highway at the Haramokna American Indian Cultural Center. Uh, uh, there will be a native food event with the Chia Cafe Collective. And that'll be a very rewarding experience learning about indigenous foods. Also, uh, there will be other activities as well. So check out that center if you haven't already in the San Gabriel Mountains. On Saturday, June 16th, there will be Forging Fiddling at Fables at the Orange Homegrown Farmer's Market. And I'll be there hosting our children's activity booth, teaching people about foraging wild edible plants, maybe sharing some stories, and hopefully playing harmonica or fiddle throughout the day from 9 to 1 p.m. So I hope to see you there. And on Sunday the 17th, it's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. You should learn to garden. You should learn to weed. Put some work in the garden and get some salad greens. Maybe go back to kindergarten, learn to read. The Cali dream, a shallow scheme. Underneath them Cali palm trees, in the breeze about 100 degrees. California palm trees iconically represent California. Ironically, they're irrelevant. 
It's a mirage, the sunshine on the shifting sands of a shopping mall. It's a facade, everything you thought you saw is not there at all. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. California, we got palm trees, we got palm trees in California. My name is Scott Celtic Knott from Southern California, and I was invited here today to share my art form. And where specifically in Southern California are you from? Uh, I grew up in Orange County, uh, where I presently reside. I was born in L.A. County, and Pretty much Orange County, all the cities and unincorporated areas kind of melt in to each other uh, geographically, economically. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, having been born and raised here. And, and right now, where are you? Right now, I'm in uh, your house in Silverado Canyon. <laughs> and uh, I'm residing in Tribuco Canyon. So, um, if we headed out into the mountains and started working our way south, we, we could get to my place. Would you, I, I like to consider the Santa Ana Mountains like a taste of the real Orange County, or, or you get more of a sense of the history of Orange County, whereas a, a lot of Orange County has in some ways been erased, so you don't really have as much context. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's really that last little eastern crust that hasn't quite been uh, completely obliterated and destroyed. So uh, how do you like living in Tribuco? Uh, it's, it's nice. Um, I'm, it's, there, there are a lot of mature oaks and there are uh, efforts to preserve the oaks, which I appreciate because of course um, the trees are hundreds or even thousands of years old and they take so long to grow. Um, and then once they grow and, and if they're destroyed, it's, it's, a, it's a very palpable loss. Um, the sh their shade is very uh, nice. I appreciate their shade. And uh, they produce acorns, which of course are a very important food source. For you personally? For me personally. Uh, historically, prior to colonization, it was one of the main um, staples of food, and um, I, I think we should continue to value the, the acorns. For sure. Uh, I love eating acorns. I, I made my wife and daughter taste some almost leafed acorns on the last episode. Uh, they are now fully leafed, and I've been having them as a forage every few days, so um, that's worked out nicely. So it's not just for the squirrels and the jays and the woodpeckers, folks. We can benefit from oaks, too, as long as we don't chop them down and burn them for firewood. Right. So uh, I'm excited 
for you to be here because you're a musical guest. Your art has entertained and informed for many years now. Uh, could you tell us something about your music? Uh, so the first project I put out was Break the Bank back in 2012. And then the second project I put out, uh, Sangre, that I put out at uh, the end of 2016. And I'm currently working on another project called the Scottacroticon. That's a fantastic title. And, and what inspired that title? I, I think I have an idea. So there's an actual book called the Scottacroticon. It's the Chronicle of Scotland, the oldest book of Scotland. And uh, my name is also Scott. So the Scottacroticon is the chronicle of me, of my life. <laughs> And uh, I got really in-depth researching the folklore and how much we can actually know about um, Scotland, the, the northern tip of, um, of Britain. And it's very much kind of like the, uh, the upper crust that, that never got as, as colonized as, as the rest of, of the island. Um, and so there's uh, one of the oldest stories written by Bishop Keith. Supposedly, it was all just pagan and like a howling wilderness. And uh, Saint Regulus, uh, the, the sacred uh, saint of the of rules, Saint Regulus came and he brought the, uh, he brought the remains of Saint Andrew with him. And uh, there was the sow of Muckross there was this this wild boar that was out of control, and uh, it would go hide in these oak forests. So this saint brought with him the gospel, uh, some of the bones of Saint Andrew, and he also hunted down and killed this boar, and he also cut down the forest where she lived, so uh, there wouldn't be any habitat for the wild animals. And then these giant tusks were taken and hung up in the choir loft of the first church that was built uh, in the land. And so that's the official version of when history began. And the prehistory, pagan history was um, officially over. Wow. And um, in, in terms of, uh, I know you've uh, spent a lot of time researching history the walking history book uh it's fun to talk to you about uh world history uh colonial history uh that's that's real um one of the subjects that you really focus on and uh, your roots your heritage is from the british isles right right so um uh what what your name, Scott Celtic Knot, relates to that heritage, and mm -hmm. you're also learning a certain language related to your heritage. Can you share more about your heritage? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, oh, I just want to point out one thing. If you look at the, the seal of uh, St. Andrew, which was the first bishop seal of, uh, I believe, the whole British Isles, so there's an X because St. Andrew, he was one of the early Christian martyrs who was uh, executed by the Romans on a crucifix, but it was, it was like an X. It wasn't like the upright one. Okay. Like he was, his legs and arms were spread out. 
and and so that's the the flag the saint andrew flag the the blue and white flag and then that was later incorporated into the union jack because the the great britain flag it's a combination of the the scottish flag with the the cross of saint george okay. so that's why it's like horizontal and diagonal cross okay. and it's white red and blue that that's the meaning of the, of the union jack and uh so anyways there's imagine a circle with an x and there's this martyr like nailed to this cross and then on one side there are the tusks of the sow of muckross and on the other side there is an oak leaf and it's to symbolize the historic event when both the flora and fauna were dominated by christendom and civilization and so that's that's what the the meaning of the flag that's yeah. where it comes from wow and so how's that why is that significant to you and how does that relate to your heritage well my my ancestors were uh from the british isles and um so i'm very interested in reclaiming what was there before uh saint andrews uh well like saint andrew his he was killed in um forget where he I think he was in Rome when he was killed mm -hmm. so it's very unlikely that he ever got to the British Isles whether it's a skeleton or, or what and then uh, Saint Regulus nobody actually really believes that there was a Saint Regulus he was this made-up uh, personage years later mm -hmm. to explain uh, what had happened and so there is this it's very mysterious and so uh, the main language or the the most direct descendant of the language that was spoken throughout what we call Britain today is uh, Cambraig or Welsh or uh, British like the ancient British language or Brythonic language and so those people were pushed um, south and then west and so what is Wales today is just this little sliver on the southwestern end of Britain and um, that language would have been spoken in um, in most of what we call Scotland uh, today during Roman times and uh, so I'm studying the language Cymraeg if you um, listen to my last project Sangre the, the introduction to the album the intro there are eight different languages that are spoken to introduce the the project and so the first language you hear is Cymraeg and uh, so you should check that out if you want to hear what it sounds like and then um, the artwork of the the Sangre cover it's it's a red dragon and there's Celtic knot artwork so you see like roots tree branches veins animals plants and they're all interwoven together and so that's really uh, Part of my philosophy, everything is, is connected, and um, the ancient Celts uh, had the same uh, belief from what we know, and a lot of the, the typical, the classical Celtic artwork is, is the knot work, and you see uh, these different figures and lines all interconnected. Right on. And, and flash forward, so your family originates in that area, and, and you've been researching that history and, and those connections through, through flora and the fauna and, the, and 
how the environment shapes the culture and and but your family eventually ended up here in Southern California and so you have this uh, story uh, and I, I started our podcast uh, this time around with the California fan poem because a lot of people who live here who have come from other places they don't know the real story on Southern California or they don't have all the whole story they might only have slivers of it or, or um, you know uh, or marketed versions of it so what do you have to say to that in relation to California fan poem and, and other works that you so the California palm tree is uh, the palm tree has become a symbol of California. Uh, it's not native to California, but uh, with well, the hold on a second, are all what, what palm trees are you talking about? Because there is one. Okay, I the the palm trees used in land in ninety nine percent of okay. of the California landscape. The palm trees used by the California myth makers right. uh, were introduced palms. Yeah, and, and what's the one what's the one that is indigenous to here and where would it be found? Uh, so well there is a, a fan palm. Yeah. And it's uh, it would be found inland, like way east in the in the desert. And we know there's place names that Right, like twenty nine palms. Uh, Palm Desert, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Yeah, so the, it's a very limited distribution as to where the one native palm would actually exist, right? Right. And they, they're only going to occur near springs, along waterways. So they basically replace the willow and the cottonwood and and sycamores and things that you'd find on the coast along streams. Uh, that's it's the basically the streamside or riparian tree. It's a very mm -hmm. thirsty tree. Right. They were thirsty. Yep. Very limited in distribution. Not many of them. Only occurring in these very wet places in stark contrast to all the dry, larger landscape around them, the desert, right? Right. But then you have what happened. Like, that's how California was. There, most people didn't know palm trees existed. The few that did were like the Cahuilla tribe or mm -hmm. whatever, but, um, but they weren't widespread. What happened? So we had uh, the man, the historical figure, a myth maker in his own right, whom I refer to as the prophet Mulholland. Uh, <laughs> yes. He was a mastermind behind basically uh, theft of water from uh, other communities, uh, mainly the, the Owens Valley, and a massive infrastructure to bring that water um, to, to Los Angeles. And uh, there were some shady uh, real estate deals that happened and um, dry tracts of land in the San Fernando Valley that didn't have much irrigation now suddenly had a bunch more irrigation, which drove up the price of, of the land. And then uh, California, um, well, Los Angeles really begins to grow or uh, sprawl. So all these people can move out to California and then uh, the speculation of the property value keeps going up so more people move out here so uh, more people want to live out here so the price for real estate goes up so it's more profitable to bring in more water from further and further away and uh, once you had all this water of course citrus was very popular here we are in Orange County 
And then also uh, exotic palm trees became very popular. People um, brought them in and um, they became iconic of California. And then uh, like Hollywood, the palm trees, these are some of the iconic symbols of California. And it's, it's a mirage because there's all this water, but it's not actually there. It artificially is being brought in. So very much like a desert where the sun is shining and you think it's water, but it's actually sun that is drying up the available water. It's like the opposite of what you thought. And just like uh, the, the, the ideas of property values and uh, some of the main people who hold institutional power in our society, they have constructed these myths and benefit from these myths that are ultimately mirages. Well, it's flat out, you say iconic and they're constructing these myths. They're constructing them by literally creating posters and re-landscaping an area using this this stolen or transferred irrigation from some other faraway place um, and then creating postcards and, and um, basically reselling this area repackaging and reselling this area to people from the east right uh, right right like the, the, the real estate marketing thing right right the chandler otis family who owned the los angeles times and a lot of the real estate in um in in california they uh like gave they, they printed out these very fancy brochures that or like supposedly um, newspapers but they were like these free magazines mm -hmm. and it was basically an advertisement to move out to California thinly veiled as as right. news because they were directly profiting from more people coming in and then hyping up the the California mission uh, back in the day when the missions were perfect and everyone was happy everyone wants to everyone wants to be out here in the golden sunshine in the 1850s, 60s, and 70s, like the way Anaheim started too. You have these Germans coming from San Francisco, buying up some of the old rancho, uh, and um, diverting water from the Santa Ana River into this area where there wouldn't normally be that much water, and then planting mission grapes, you know, and, and creating this master plan community, sort of, uh, and just, again, changing the landscape uh, and, and, and then this, this story of these Germans creating this master plan community here in Anaheim um, makes it all the way to Europe. There's this famous Polish actress and her uh, artistic friends. They, they hear about this perpetual summer land that is Southern California, and they want to start a new life there. And, and I think you know, at that time, too, they were really sold on the same thing you're describing, right? This you could do anything there, right? You know, and, and we can make water appear and, and we can construct whatever landscape you want and build whatever and, and it'll all be perfect, right? Right, so California was basically uh, a, a land without people because um, the native people didn't really exist according to this myth right. or could be easily enslaved or, or brushed aside. And uh, the water like no one really was using it uh so we could just take as much water as we want and uh yeah make the desert bloom we could do the the impossible and 
right? Right. Um, so yeah, there's just been layer upon layer of colonization, and um, so yeah, so I grew up in a very uh, built environment, and uh, I saw a lot of Orange County become um, basically wildlife and uh, like orange groves being converted into like urban or suburban built environments it's, it's weird how because we're both about the same age i was born in 77 you're born in 78 78 and um you grew up in the early 80s and within a very short amount of time you know our 39 40 years of existence the landscape changed so drastically yeah. where we grew up it's it's any and if you're capable of just retaining your memories, uh, it's just unbelievable how quickly, it's like I have all these memories of places that I enjoyed or have passed, you know, when we're driving on a, on a abandoned road trip or whatever, and they don't, they only exist in my mind now. It's a very strange, it's all, it's surreal how quickly mm -hmm. Orange County and Southern California, um, this, this momentum of, of changing a landscape to, to, you know, to whatever people's dreams, you know, it's, it's surreal. I, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, the areas are completely unrecognizable. Uh, like Disneyland has uh, doubled or whatever. There was a whole neighborhood. Uh, the Jeffrey Lynn neighborhood basically was just consumed by the California Adventure mm. Park. And... Um, so Disney, another developer who is responsible for destroying California, destroys more of California to put an artificial plastic version of California right. and then charge people entrance to come and experience uh, California one day at a time. And it's that's basically what that's it's just it's an exaggeration of, of our of what our experience is in, in California to yeah. for the most part and of course there's resistance and so uh, so I'm part of the resistance I'm part of the the stories that have been suppressed and the voices that haven't been heard before well, I appreciate I mean you have made make music videos uh, that are tied to these songs of consciousness these these um, well-rounded stories that a lot of people aren't getting. I mean, I, I can definitely vouch for the fact that growing up, I didn't know half of what we're talking about now, more, more than half. I, it, uh, I didn't know about the local indigenous people. I didn't know uh, about how these different cities came about. I didn't know any of that stuff. And the cool thing about all of it is, I mean, it's, it's sad and frustrating and disappointing that people who moved here didn't necessarily appreciate what was already here, which I think is one of the messages of Cal, you know, your song, or, or not just one of your songs, but many of your songs. Um, but at the same time, when you do find the true story, it's so stimulating. There's, and, and when, you know, Disney, Disney's California Adventure and Disneyland and all these fabricated worlds that we've created, all these giant mega shopping malls and all that, um, although there's some creativity has been required to make them and everything, this and this is my opinion, but I feel like the history that predates these fabricated 
landscapes that we've observed like pop up in the last few decades is just so much more interesting, so much more diverse. And I appreciate diversity, and uh, um, I, I appreciate that you know through your songs, through your art, you're 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 creating this engaging dialogue where people are learning like, oh, you know, you thought that like magic only existed when Disney created it, uh, you know, when you watched on TV or in movies, but the real magic is in this actual place that we live in. And with such an exceptional climate, and you have, like, it blows my mind, there's like over 1,400 different plant species, that's just indigenous species alone. And you have mountains and the beach and, and it snows in our mountains and we have these valleys and these rivers and, and, and then you have all the story of the indigenous people for thousands of years and how they, their relationship with all of this. And like if I had been told that story earlier um, and, and, and now that I have this story, I look at everything so much differently and I care about where I live a whole lot more. Like I have a sense of pride about here Versus just sort of like, whoa, you know, it's just predictable. I don't, I don't know what you want. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, uh, we, you know, I want to make sure that people get in touch with you and, and listen to your songs and see your music videos and everything. How would they be able to do that? So, again, Scott Celtic Knot, uh, check me out on Spotify. SoundCloud, Amazon, YouTube, all the social media, scottcelticknot.com. And it's the Celtic is spelled differently than you might assume. It's K-E-L-T-I-C. Celtic with a K. And uh, if you were to label yourself in Espanol and Spanish, you would be... Uh, también Oscar Nudo Celta en Espanol. Um, well, Scott Celtic Nod is, um, I mean, it's a proper noun. <laughs> the, the name Scott is, uh, is actually a Roman or Latin word, uh, for, it means a barbarian from the North. Oh, really? So, uh, Scotus is, is like what they call the people of like Northern Britain, huh. the uncolonized, uh, people. Um, we're not entirely sure what they called themselves or what uh, the origin of the word is, um, but that's the earliest documentation we have of, of the, the root word of, of Scott. So, um, I didn't know that. That's interesting. So a Welsh person just historically wouldn't name their child Scott mm -hmm. just for historical reasons, even though uh, they... Are the group that has lived in what is called Scotland um, for longer than anyone else, like as far as we know, like that's their like main territory, but they wouldn't call themselves that as, as a name. Barbarians of the North. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm, I'm proud to say I, I have Scott in my middle name, Joel Scott Robinson, so we're both mm -hmm. from that Barbarian of the North. <laughs> <laughs> a part of our label right on um so uh, we're gonna get into it uh i have a few segments to unfold 
unleash upon you, Scott. So we're, we're going to do Name That Sound. Kind of sounds like a squirrel. It does sort of sound like a squirrel. Do you happen to know about? Is there a plight related to squirrels in your native land where your ancestors came from? Is there? I I heard there was like some uh, badger. There was some like friction with badgers and and local farmers. Oh yeah, there there has been the badger debacle where they're trying to get rid of badgers. Because they might carry um, a disease, transmit a disease to cattle or something like that. Yeah. But there's also a serious issue at decline with a certain squirrel. Huh. We actually have our American gray squirrels, our eastern gray, I think it is, was introduced to the British Isles. And so the, um, uh, to the dismay of those over there and to their concern about the ecosystem imbalance there. But there is a another type of squirrel uh if you think about whales and their their mascot or the on what's on the flag and mm -hmm. in, in relation to a squirrel There's otherwise a red squirrel yes, a red squirrel um so there is a rare red squirrel uh and um but just to lead you off a cliff right now this sound has nothing to do with a red squirrel okay it's a rare animal that is not a mammal sounds sounds like a bird okay and it's rare like the squirrel in certain parts of the uk hmm so it's it's from the uk we have a rare bird actually we have a bird that is also rare here this is really going to test your bird knowledge i i think i suspect that you might know about this because you're one of your one of my favorite songs of yours is self defense uh, the save the water right uh huh um, about the uh, Poseidon uh, uh -huh. sow plant yes and, and you have a lot of wetland estuary environments there and there's a bird federally listed endangered bird um, that lays its eggs and nests in sand dunes um, there and and the sound that I played is from the British Isles equivalent, another rare bird, similar plight because it requires a very specific habitat that has been destroyed by humans in various ways. Hmm. What could this be? Uh, it so it's the water to catch fish. Like a pelican? Smaller than a pelican. A sandpiper? It's, it's around that size. I mean, sandpipers vary in size as many times. Um, Especially hmm. the letter T. You heard of these? A tern? Oh! And I didn't feed him that answer. Tern, very good. Not everybody is familiar with terns. This is a special kind of tern. And we were talking about the color of that squirrel mm -hmm. earlier. Think about if you're really fancy and you're relating it to your, you know, a favorite flower that 
somebody during Valentine's Day. A a rose turn? Yeah, a roseate turn. Roseate yeah. turn. So this is relating to your homeland mm. uh, in uh, northern Wales. The roseate turn, a, a very rare turn that um, has been on the decline. Um, so people are monitoring that turn uh, and because uh, and making sure that they have enough habitat for the so they can breed and specifically uh, in like uh, northern Wales and also uh, around the Irish Sea. So uh, that is the roseate tern that you identified right there. The roseate tern. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting birds that mm. just like the plight of certain people, um, you're on a decline because somebody doesn't necessarily appreciate the landscape that they require to survive. Right? I, I always envision the sea turtles and the seabirds uh, laying their eggs in the sand and then covering them up and then a bunch of humans uh, coming over and then like playing a game of volleyball like right on top <laughs> of their offspring and just uh, crushing the uh, fetuses and like baby turtles and 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 turns and stuff yeah well and i think a lot of the reasons we lost turn habitat here um well it was different times of develop types of development where it's literally just earth moving in and it mm -hmm. removed its dune system entirely but in the cases where the dunes still existed what what is america's favorite pastime on dunes mad max <laughs> right <laughs> Driving on them, <laughs> so you, know, you got quads and jeeps and dune buggies and all that. So that was a, a major threat. So uh, you, you probably know, worse than the volleyball players. Yeah, right. But I, but combine that with volleyball, yeah, <laughs> you make sure there's no more turns. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, amazing uh, how w one can just go and move into an environment and not even that there's things living there just like move into it. it it's the logic of the market the closer you are to the sea the higher the property value is and so therefore the more people want to uh, go there so just any level of destruction uh, or any type of crime is therefore justifiable because you want to be close to the beach So next, I, I really want to test um, not just your sense of hearing, but I want to test your sense of taste. Because mm -hmm. it is now time for... Mm. It doesn't taste poisonous. <laughs> So I have a plant, and it has a stem with little flowers. It looks kind of like uh, basil or basil, if you prefer. It doesn't smell like basil, but it, it's similar coloration. And then uh, there are th these very large floppy leaves mm -hmm. as well. This was growing on the side of a uh, 
precarious slope. Right, which both of us almost slipped off of. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, take it away. I want to I wanna hear you eat this mysterious plant that we haven't told the audience what it is. Okay, here goes. Taste the, uh, taste vegetably. It tastes like, hmm. Tastes like a plant. Oh, so any lemony quality? To it? Slightly lemony. That, that's one of the things that I like about it. It's that mm -hmm. slight tang or citrus a flavor to it. Um, I already told Scott what this is, um, but we haven't told you yet. Um, so, listening audience, this is typically when we're on a foraging tour, how we figure out the name of this one. Um, this, this, the shape of this leaf before uh, Scott munched it half of it away and swallowed it uh, was sort of the shape of, say, something that would float on water that you might travel on, say, on a lake. What, what would you? take on a lake to float from one side of the lake to the other? A boat? A boat, that's correct. And, but say you're not using your boat. Where do you put it? Where do you take it to? Ah, I would have to uh, park it at the dock. <laughs> that's right, at the dock. This, that's what this plant is called, dock related to buckwheat and the buckwheat family and uh, the leaves are sort of boat shaped uh, and uh, this plant is very thirsty so you actually find it in wetlands which would be on the edge of a lake or on the edge of a stream or in a vernal pool a place where you might, might actually store an actual boat so this is a good way to remind yourself of what it is it's really uh, it's a nice edible but it does have a certain acid in it that you have to be careful of if you consume too much. Scott's face is starting to deteriorate right now. <laughs> is it? There's no mirrors here yeah. in the studio. Your nostrils are sort of burning away, and your one of your eyeballs is falling out. I, I forgot to tell you about the acid. It's pretty strong. No, uh, I'll, I'll give. I mean, it side. tastes slightly acidic, but so what, what I've, I've had more acidic lemons in my mouth. Yeah, I'm, I'm not freaking out. And, and you would have to eat copious amounts of this for it to be an issue, but um, there are a lot of domestic greens and other things that you can eat that also have a high amount of this acid in it. Can you guess what it is, Chris, with an O? It's also in spinach. I think it's even in cacao. And, it's, and if you eat enough of this plant, like if you've ever eaten uh, spinach raw, mm -hmm. you start feeling something on, like your enamel on your teeth feels a little funny. Uh-huh. Right? Um, you know what that causes that? It's a type of acid that starts with O. Yeah. Oleic? No. That's a good guess, though. Um, and that, well, think about an animal that pulls a two-wheeled carreta. An ox? Yes. Ox. Have you ever heard of this? Oxalis? 
oxalic acid. Oh yes, oxalis. Yeah, yeah. So you can also find it in. Um, there's another plant that looks like clovers. Some people actually call it clovers. It's called Bermuda buttercups or sourgrass. Also has a lot of oxalic acid in it. Um, so um, what you'd want to do is blanch it or cook it to get some of that acid out, um, especially if you're eating a lot of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would be more uh, palatable cooked. It seems oh, like, yeah. like most garden greens, uh, I usually cook them to soften them up and then uh, the acid and stuff. I feel like I'm digesting it a lot better. Exactly. And, and this one, because it has that lemony sort of um, subtle flavor to it, it tastes like lemon spinach when you cook it. And it actually, you know how spinach just sort of loses its structural stability? Mm -hmm. It's sort of real soft. And A souffle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This does the same thing when you cook it, which is... Um, you like that sort of texture and consistency it's actually pretty good i like it i, I don't buy spinach anymore um uh, this is basically my substitute for that since it's pretty readily available one, one last thing i wanted to well i'm going to show scott you can't really see this but if you ever look up doc online and look at the flowering and seed part of the uh, plant um, which does look a lot like basil but on closer inspection what look like flowers are actually these really strange seeds. They're some of the coolest seeds I've seen. Hmm. And remember I said this was related to a grain that people like to um, consume if they're gluten-free. What did I say it was? Did you start with a B? Barley? No. I mentioned already. It's a grain? Yeah, it's not a cereal grain. But uh, makes uh, like a dark pancake. Oh, uh, buckwheat. Yes, yes. So if you look at these seeds carefully, they're gross. They're how many sides does that have? Like if you were to flip one of those around, has three sides. Three sides. Yeah. And if you ever buy buckwheat groats from the store, uh, you'll see that they are also three sided like that. My memory serves. Um, so very unique looking seeds, which you can also take advantage of in a nutritional level. So there we go. Doc, look it up. Enjoy it. Eat it. It's a, it's a very common, what some people would call weed, but we don't call it weed because we desire this plant. It's a nutritious food. So Scott, now that you're nourished from that lovely doc leaf, you ate uh, half a foot of it. Pretty incredible. Um, now you're going to be strong enough to perform another day. So do you have any upcoming performances or anything that you're excited about? Yes, my next live performance is going to be this Saturday at uh, El Indio Bar and Grill in San 3rd Street in Santana. Uh, I'm going to be performing at Illness Infections um, album release party. He just put out uh, this week's Savage Sessions. Um, I'm actually on... Um, I'm, I'm featured on two of the tracks and so one of the new brand new tracks is called fresh and it's about uh, fresh food from gardens and using gardens as as a way of, of organizing one's community nice. and so so that's out right now so check out fresh and then uh, next week Saturday June 9th at El Centro Cultural de Mexico it's on Ross Street I think it's 527 North Ross or 827 It's we actually
actually have the address on our website calendar, so All you can right. check it out there. Maybe we can edit in the address. Uh, so on Ross Street, uh, Radio Santana, which has been an online radio station, is going to be up on uh, on the airwaves. It's going to be an actual radio station um, in, in the Santa Ana area. 104.7, right? Yes. Yes. And they're having a, a party. I'm going to be performing there also. What time? I think I'm going on around 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. It would be a great opportunity for me as well. But, um, yeah, and there's other activities and stuff going on. And uh, there's a Facebook page link on our website calendar for that. Uh, and uh, definitely, sounds like you got a lot coming up. Yeah, and uh, the Scott Chronicon Volume 1 coming out soon. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Hopefully by this summer or something. Yeah, probably this summer. It'll, it'll drop. And... Uh, Sangre, that was just last year. That was, there's 23 tracks on that album. 23 so, tracks? Yeah, there's there's wow. a lot of stuff for people to take advantage That's of. It's like almost a double album. Because don't albums typically have like 12, 13 songs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a couple skits. There are a couple poems. But it's mostly all original songs. So uh, I, one of the other fun things about Scott's songs is our mutual friend, Kirk, contributes in very unique ways to some of your songs. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think, what's, what's a recent example of, of Kirk's contribution to one of one of your songs? Didn't he do like this one, like digging a hole or something? Or um, No, that, that wasn't him. Oh, that's right. That was, um, that's a... That's a sample from... From uh, Dio. That's right. Ronnie James Dio. Dio. No, no, no. So he did one where we are going to has this been released yet? Um, We're gonna break your plumbing. Oh yeah, that's that's coming out on the Scott Chronicon. Oh, it is. It's oh, not released yet. Did I but, blow, uh, blow the cover on that? No, that be on the lookout for that. Um, we're gonna break your plumbing. <laughs> that's right. And Kirk can and do the whole death metal voice so amazingly well. So look forward to that. Uh, right. So it's like hip hop, but there's a death metal uh, death metal hook on it. Throughout the rest of this podcast, you'll hear uh, some of Scott's other hip-hop songs. And uh, again, I encourage you to check out his SoundCloud, listen to him on Spotify. They're all uh, very addicting, by the way. It's hard to get these songs out of my head. And if you really listen to all the lyrics, which he jams more lyrics into a song than I think is humanly possible, um, it's just everything from incredible imagery, disturbing Hilarious imagery. He somehow he works in ketchup. <laughs> always ketchup is all, a big thing for Scott, but I know he'll never work in mayonnaise, right? Have you worked at mayonnaise ever? Because you hate no, mayonnaise. I don't. I don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's part of my lexicon. Do you like ketchup? Like, do you like consuming it? Yeah. Okay, so so not only do you enjoy consuming it, you like talking about it, and and usually that's related to blood for some reason. And I have this yeah. permanent image in <laughs> your music videos where you, you bring up blood and ketchup and then it's just so you can totally tell somebody is holding a ketchup bottle totally off camera squeezing it into a bathtub squeezing the ketchup and it's supposed to look like that. Right, it's, it's a metaphor. 
Of course it's a metaphor, of course. Uh, so yeah, so Full like... Of <laughs> Scott is Scott is a walking metaphor, I think. I mean, animal, vegetable, it's the lifeblood of, of us. That's true. Ketchup. You should release a, like a <laughs> memoir and it should just be titled Ketchup. How would you spell ketchup? If, if, would you spell it catsup or K-E? How would you spell hmm. it? In uh, English, I would spell it with the K. In Spanish, I would spell it with the C, el katsup. Ah, there you go. So you got bilingual versions of your memoir about the metaphor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, just wait till the Blood Sausage remix comes out. Oh, yes. And and, and you also have to look forward to, <laughs> I don't know, I uh, I always wince when I see these segments, but um, you, you can also watch me get abused in various ways on Scott's music videos. So uh, from drowning in junk mail to um, getting punched in the face. <laughs> Literally, he just punches me in the face. And, you know, these are supposed to be fake punches, but one of the times he punched me and the fake punch turned into a real punch. <laughs> but I forgive you, Scott. Totally oh, I appreciate that. And then remember the sidekick to the face? Yes. Oh, that's right. The flying sidekick, the flying to, the sidekick to the face. Oh, you and you also, he doesn't just abuse me. Um, <laughs> I always lose when I get abused in his music videos, but other people win, apparently. So I'm, I guess I have a, the wrong relationship <laughs> with you. But um, was it Maria? Yeah. With the hose? Yeah, I did get choked with a garden hose. Uh, I... I intervened into an unwise water use scenario, <laughs> and uh, I was temporarily strangled with a garden hose. And it's in a very entertaining scene. It's, it's very reminiscent of like Little Rascals or Three Stooges or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of gratuitous uh, blood and violence, but it's all in good taste. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's very well done. Right, Scott Celticknot, same name. Yeah, and, and you, but at this point, you film them yourself, you edit it, unless, unless you're in the shot in some cases, uh, somebody who's some innocent bystander has to film you instead. Or but, tripod. Yeah, or tripod. But then you've also collaborated with some pretty amazing filmmakers in the past. Some of your videos are, um, well, they're all good. They're all very entertaining. And um, uh, yeah, so check those out. But now it's time for faster than a speeding roadrunner, more powerful than a mountain lion, able to smell sage from across town. Look up where it's dry. It's a quail. It's a coyote. It's sage scrub Superman. Before we get started, Scott has something to say about trivia. Right, uh, so trivia is a list of obscure data that is unimportant and is by definition trivial. And if, so if you're playing a game like Trivial Pursuit, a lot of that stuff is actual important history. Or, or I, mean, I, could, I could see some of it probably isn't considered that important, but uh, a lot of it I, I would say is. The, the fact that, that by definition trivia is supposed to be trivial unimportant yeah. so yeah 
the those little plastic pies. I mean, don't rely on them to give you perspective about what information is important. And and you said you're working on a song about this too. About uh, well, against the Monopoly game. board game. Yeah. So I have a new uh, song coming out on the Scotta Chronicon, that called "Chasing Stars." Okay. And I just like metaphorically rip Monopoly boards in half. Oh, that sounds fantastic! Are you ready to rip this uh, hypothet or this? Um... Oh, that sounds. <laughs> Let's just get going. You ready? Yes. So, what is an edible plant that is treated like a weed? And by definition, weed is undesirable in a home landscape. You want me to name just one? You can name more than one. Probably every single uh, plant that is a quote-unquote weed in suburbia has some sort of use. Um, many of them are edible for us. So the one thing that isn't considered a weed, as far as I know, is like the grass that somebody intentionally put in their suburban uh -huh. yard, right? So outside of grass... Mm -hmm. would be one of those uh, mislabeled weeds that mm -hmm. you appreciate? Uh, mallow. Ooh, mallow's a great one. All right. Uh, uh, lamb's quarters. Ooh, another one. Lamb's quarters, perfect. Uh, sour I... grass. All right, so you get three points for that. Okay. Congratulations. Now, uh, name a national forest, national monument, national park, state park, county park, or city park in Southern California. Cleveland National Forest. That's the one we're surrounded by right now. Right. And name two more. Uh, Mojave National Monument. Mm -hmm. How about how about a city, county, or state level? A uh, so Chino Hills State Park. Ooh, got a state park in. County. County. Uh, well, OC Parks has yeah, like O'Neill Park. Oh, O'Neill, very good. All right. So what's the city one? A city one. Uh, there's a uh, city of Santa Ana has uh, Jerome Park. Perfect. Uh, community Garden. Oh, yes. You should check this place out. Mm -hmm. uh, and what street is that off of? It's on uh, McFadden and uh, Center. Okay. And um, how about a national park? You got a national monument and national forest. National Park, uh, Mesa Verde National Park. Excellent. Okay, final question. What bird sounds like trying, like trying to start the ignition of an old truck? The uh, cactus wren. Ooh, very good. Oh, man, I'm impressed. Wait, wait, maybe you need a bonus question. All right, what is the name of the mushroom that I ate for weeks with no problems, then shared with my family? And we got varying degrees of sickness, including nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. <laughs> uh, was it, was it, is it named after a chicken? Oh, very good. It's the... Chicken of the... Chicken of the woods? Yes, very good. Also known as sulfur shell. Man, you, you got <laughs> all the answers right. You get, I don't know, how many points do you get? I don't know. A cool million. Right, let's leave it at that. All right. You've successfully finished uh part one of our podcast so we're gonna un unleash some uh beautiful uh music from scott and then um make sure you click on part two of our podcast
announcing Super Mega Walmart's Earth Day Sale! Come visit our new store locations in the Polyethylene Plaza, the Palm Tree Palisade, and the Toll Road Off-Ramp Artisan Village! We're going green! 50% off organic soy milk packaged in sustainable Tetra Packs! They're recyclable! Where proper facilities exist, statement applies to participating municipalities only, not intended for use in the United States. 75% off smart water bottled water! Inspired by the clouds, the Coca-Cola Company has ingeniously distilled water into crisp, clean, non-biodegradable, one-time-use polyethylene plastic bottles. It's the smart thing to do! 35% off Mylar Earth Day balloons! Have a heathen helping of hateless hatenism! The Earth is an infinite resource and an infinite trash can! And Super Mega Walmart is your source for quality Earth Day products at non-union prices! Canyons, just a wind tunnel. California ranch land ground cover stubbled. California brush fires, that's some hot mustard. They could turn a wetland into an oil puddle. They could turn a profit and leave the soil plundered. They could turn a river off like they was God's plumber. They could channelize it in a concrete funnel. They could keep a golf course green flush supple. The California condo looking like a big buzzer. DDT stunning, hunting down a couple dozen. They could take a backhoe and shovel through the bushes. They could build a freeway and muscle through the roughage. Hustle all the rubbish through the concrete rubble. In the hot sun, plastic cracks, creases, crumbles. Put me in a plastic son, the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. As a child, I ate the plastic wrapped around my fruit roller. Son, the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. I used the plastic map, became elastic in a stance. Son, the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. And had the plastic basket in the acid, son of Arizona. the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. Polyethylene, California. Valentine's Day with the plastic bouquet Artificial flowers fake out on display They glisten for a minute then we throw them away The landfill awaits polyethylene fake Artificial state flower made safe from decay Official state flower polyethylene made Golden sun rays polyethylene state Celtic blood raised in the plastic CA Followers of polymers wallow and vomit out the mouth of the dollar store. They got it, they bought it, then they toss it on the boulevard. Can't stop shopping, consuming, copping more and more. Polymers popping in the breeze like pollen spores. In fact, the polymers probably more popular than the Cali Poppy. Both of my parents graduated from Cal Poly Pomona, so I'm the son of the polymer polyethylene in California. Progenitors put me in a plastic son, the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. As a child, I ate the plastic wrapped around my fruit roller. Son, the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. I used the plastic mat, became elastic in a stance of son, the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. It had the plastic basket in the acid, son of Arizona. Son, the son of the polymer, polyethylene, California. 
Polly, Ethel, and California.